Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed. I'm joined by my lovely and low-stressed-out wife, <laughs> Miss Southern Shell. Shell, you look like you're in a good mood. How's it going? It's almost Friday. Yeah, it is almost Friday. It's Got the Thursday. weekend coming up. Um, I'm getting ready for a contest. Me and Waylon and Michael are going up to Nesbitt, Mississippi. It's just up the road, actually. Maybe the close. I guess it is the closest contest to our house. It's a. Uh, There's one on the square, but it's not sanctioned. Yeah, it's a non-sanctioned. So yeah. this one, it's like 15 minutes tops. I've already taken my trailer and dropped it off, and everything's good to go. I got to so go. What are you cooking this weekend? KCBS, and I'm letting Michael cook a steak in the SCA contest. He's cooking for me. He'd beg to do it. So I think I'm gonna turn him loose on chicken and KCBS. Man, he's itching so. I mean, Wayland are going to supervise, and we're going to let him, you know, be the chicken man. He's going to take your spot because you got a bunch of plans. What's your plans for the weekend? Well, my mom was coming into town, but my mom's not coming to town any okay. longer. But I'm still keeping my options open. So you're not coming to contest? I mean, I'm going to come for the award Saturday afternoon. You can probably. come help chicken too. Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> Run boxes. That's what you're taking Michael for. It he's is. old enough now. He he's can a, he's a good box runner. He's a good steak cooker too. He's finishing. Last contest, it was 30 yeah. cooked in. And if, that was if you need six. me, I'll be 15 minutes away. So. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's what we got on deck. Yeah. Um, we're fresh off um, a trip that we took out to do the meat church, uh, two days of barbecue classes in Waxahachie, Texas. And we didn't release a video this week because we were traveling. We didn't get back in. We took an extra day or two and, and kind of hung around Fort Worth. We'll talk about all that here in a minute. But the class was awesome. Started out horrible. When we left last, when we leave Thursday, it rained and rained, and we went through traffic. We shot the podcast Thursday morning, and then we did our work, and we rushed harder than we maybe have ever rushed before. I can't believe we got out of town when we did. <laughs> we set a time when we were getting yeah. out of town. It was when camp was over. Yep, and because, we did it. Yeah, going out of town, uh, we had to pass by Michael's, the little summer camp he was at on Friday and uh, or on Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Um, so we set a time that we were going to be ready to roll. We picked him up for camp, and I, I can't believe we made. I it honestly happen. don't know how you made that. <laughs> if you've seen the list done. of stuff we had to do, God, it was incredible. <laughs> but we did. We, we loaded up, and loaded. I don't think we could have took anything else unless we'd have <laughs> strapped it to the top <laughs> or the drug a trailer. Well, you had to take how many shoulders did you take? I took. A case of four shoulders. I took uh, 24 racks of ribs. We took uh, broccoli salad and coleslaw for 84. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, product, too. We took several cases of our product because so, we knew people would and you're cooking want to take some home. Yeah, it was a load. Yeah, it was luggage. a load and our luggage, yeah. So it was, you know, we had an interesting trip. Um after we made it, listen, we didn't make it all the way. To, we made it just to Texas, and we stopped Thursday and got it a hotel room. Yeah. It rained, and we'd been sitting in traffic. There was like three delays we had each over an hour, 45 minutes to an hour, and I'd had enough. I was like, this, I, why didn't I fly and just ship all this stuff? <laughs> but we made it to, we made it to, what, Texarkana, Texas, as we crossed the state line. I told yeah. you to find a hotel room. 
and find a bar. <laughs> and when I say bar, we went to Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah. We got some wings and had a couple of beers and we crashed. And then we was right back up and the weather was beautiful. And we yeah. got, you know, so it was like as soon as we hit the Texas, the clouds parted and it was like you were going into paradise <laughs> as much as Eastern Texas can be. But it was awesome. We had a good time, man. Matt uh, Pittman with well, Meat Church has you, an awesome place yeah. there. You it, made a point to go by Bucky's too. That was our first stop. Bucky, if you guys have never been to Bucky's, man, it is the mecca of travel it's centers. It's crazy. It's a it Walmart. Is, it's kind of it's a Walmart gas station. Yeah. It's a gas station as big as Walmart. They get full blown shopping in there. I think I know you bought a ton of stuff. I, I mean, bought Father's Day present. I bought your Father's Day uh, presents in there. I, um, me and Michael just bought snacks. Yeah. I mean they had beef jerky. They had all these different we colored popcorns and t shirts. Yeah, they had everything. They had a full blown decor. Yeah. Full blown barbecue section. Yeah. Like Matt had his rubs and sauces in there. Cosmo stuff was in there. So how do you guys I mean, I need to get in Bucky's. Because it's happening. When I say, I mean, I wish we need to put some pictures. Did you put pictures up on the Instagram? Uh, no, nah, I don't think if so. If people hadn't been to, it's amazing. I don't know if they're only in Texas. I, you know, I know they were opening up one down in Alabama before going to yeah, Gulf Orange Shores. Beach, yeah, yeah, that area. It, last time we were down there, we saw it. I mean, when you see one of these, it's as big as a Costco. <laughs> I mean, it's huge. And it's all just travel stuff, like like you would see in a truck Yeah, but stop. they have home decor. They had a whole lodge section. They had a whole section dedicated to boiling crawfish. They had cookbooks. They had... Anything you can think yeah. of that you would find in a convenient type setting. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. It was, it was like everything sale. you'd see at count at the at the counter at the supermarket and just packed into a Costco size store. <laughs> I mean everything. <laughs> but it was cool. We spent what, nicest bathrooms I had yeah. been in and cheap ice too. That's I guess their whole thing is what Matt said. Yeah. The, cheapest ice and cleanest bathrooms. And you know they don't let uh they don't let eighteen wheelers in there. It's I guess it's they want tourists or travelers yeah. only, auto automobiles. I mean, I guess you could have a truck. I didn't notice if they had diesel or not. I don't think they, they did. Do they yeah. have diesel pumps? Yeah. But they didn't have it to where you could, like, it's not a truck stop. Yeah. It's a travel center. Yeah. And it was right on, the one we went to was in Terrell, Texas, I believe, on I-20, right off I-20. And, man, it was it was cool. I would go back to Bucky's. <laughs> yeah, I'd make definitely. that a stop every time I go over there. We're going to detour down and go to Bucky's. They had Bucky's chips, <clears throat> Bucky's candy. Bucky nuggets, wasn't it? Was it called beaver nuggets? <laughs> beaver nuggets, yeah. <laughs> Explain what a beaver nugget is. It's like a puffed corn. If you've had pop tossed. cereal that they've yeah. coated like caramel corn and yeah, different flavors. Kinda, yeah. And it, it was, was good. Uh, it was the okay. salted caramel one was pretty good. Yeah. The um beef jerky was good. Yeah. was good, yeah. Beef jerky was what about good. Just a bunch of junk stuff. food to travel on. <laughs> I didn't keep count the points on the beaver nuggets. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no telling how many points a beaver nugget is. <laughs> so we got to Matt's and went and uh, checked out his new store. His grand opening is this week. If anybody's in Waxahachie or Dallas area mm-hmm. want to drop down and check out the, the Meat Church flagship store. And he had, you know, rubs, sauces, T-shirts, apparel, Anything you would need for cooking that he uses, he sells. That's his whole premise. Uh, from the clean sheets to, um, heck, every, every butcher paper, you could get yeah, it all. Everything he Coolers. Sells. Yeah. He had he all the Yeti stuff. I mean, uh, grill, trigger grills. His own apparel. He even had meat. He had the E3 meat in there you could yeah. buy. You could buy the short ribs that we were cooking in the class. You could buy the, the ones that I wanted to bring back. If we were coming back, I would have, I would have got some, but it was those flanking style short ribs. 
And I got to get some of those. Those What's what's the flanking style short ribs? It's where they take cross sections, like about a quarter inch thick of short ribs. Usually you see them like Korean restaurants. He said they're um, Mexican restaurants, I guess, or Mexican cuisine. They call them tablitas. And I'm assuming they – I looked up a a few preparations on it. It sounds like they kind of do like a fajita-style marinade or – Dry rub and just kind of gr- grill it over coals. Kind of like that. Just same that. way we just use Korean, you know, marinades and seasonings to to do it in a Korean yeah, restaurant. Yeah, you can't beat them. Man, the I love them. They're tender. They cook so fast. They're really good. And you can eat like around the bone and even in the middle of the bone. You get too. some of that marrow too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good. So we got there, went to a store, checked that out, got prepped up as we had to. Do, the way it was set up, um, we did two classes. One was on Saturday. One was on Sunday. Same exact um, class. Same exact class, two days in a row. So we had two different groups of people. I don't think anybody came twice, mm-hmm. did they? But we um, have done classes people, before where it was like one topic one day and yeah, one and switch topic it so the they, people would stay two days. But it was set up really good. <clears throat> Matt's outdoor kitchen's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I want to demolish ours and start over. <laughs> or yeah, just, it's got me. Wanting. <laughs> I mean, he had the Santa Maria built in. He had a, he had a, a offset built in. He had an old hickory there. He had the, you know, the pellet grills. He had the ceramic grills. He had the but deep fryer. But it was just fryer. a cool setup. But it was just a cool setup. I mean, it was enough space for 40 people. Yeah, comfortably yeah. too, you know. And so he set, he set up chairs in front of the, his, uh, you know, countertop, which is where we did all the presentation. And um, I did Memphis-style whole shoulders. Did some pulled, you know, showed them how to make really good pulled pork using the whole shoulder. And then we fielded questions on Everything in between, from comp stuff to cooking it in backyard stuff to even a few, you know, catering type questions. Uh, Matt did Texas style brisket. And then I did Memphis dry ribs, um, that a lot of people there hadn't had that style of rib. But of course, they used baby back, loin back ribs and, and, uh, did them with the good, you know, that's all the good seasonings, made them delicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Matt did uh, beef short ribs. Those are a showstopper. But the first thing he hit them with every morning, it started at 9, it was over at 2. And people would get there, he kind of, you know, they'd line up, and we greeted them and hit them with the barbacoa taco. And it was using beef cheeks. And that's something I've never had or never cooked. So that impressed me. And it wasn't even – it was just like – you know, something to give them to get them going to get you to yeah, get your digestion extra, working. It was an extra snack. <laughs> yeah. So, it, so what he did, he he took some beef cheeks. I think he cooked. Uh, I bought a case of them and yeah. split them for two days. I was cleaned impressed them with how he or I, I was watching him trim those beef cheeks, and I was they looked like deer. You yeah. Know? Well, it's like working on meat was, jerky meat. Kind yeah. Of, is what it reminded me of. It's, it, I mean, it had a lot it's of fatty, cartilage. it's cartilagey, it's sinewy. You got to do a lot of prep to it. There might be some blood spots in it. Yeah. It's a pretty good bit of prep. It might you know? be half a nose. In there. Yeah. And Matt told me that, that in most places, like most restaurants, they don't, they don't take the time to trim them like that. They'll throw them on there and cook them, pick some of that up when they get ready to shred it up. Yeah. But he cleaned them up, seasoned them up about like you would a brisket, put some smoke on them. And then got them in this brazen liquid that he made. And it was awesome. It was just a beef broth base, but it had onions and peppers and garlic and all, you know, all this fresh stuff in it. So it really, you know, had that, um, barbacoa type flavor. It was rich. I mean, it was, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's what I liked about it. So when you saw it all shredded up, it was simply served with uh, tortilla shells, one corn uh, tortilla shell, chopped onions and chopped cilantro. That was it. And I was like, Aren't you gonna put some sauce on it? Don't it need some, you know, some kind of dressing? 
And then you try it, and all these flavors just wallop you. And it's moist, and it's tender, and it's just it's good. fattiness. You know, it's Oh, they did put that. cojita cheese on it. Oh, did they put yeah. a little cheese? Uh, yeah, cotija. Cotija cheese. Is that how you say that? Yeah, it's one of the, yeah. yeah. It that looks like palm. Yeah, yeah. But, man, it was good. Then that was a heck of a – that's all you needed for breakfast. Then we started hitting them with brisket and then the pulled pork and then the short rib. And then we took a time out with a little palate cleanser, some fried pork pork rinds and some pimento <laughs> cheese. That was our little <laughs> yeah. extra. And then we'd hit them with the ribs. But every one of them we served with a side dish too. Yeah. So, so the brisket went with a potato salad. It, but it wasn't just – it was a loaded potato salad. It was salad. very, very good. Think uh, – Think of a um, you know really baked good potato. baked potato and meats potato salad. Yeah. It, I don't know if it had much mayo. It didn't taste like a like a traditional Southern potato salad yeah. like I used to having, where you get the mustard and the pickles and the mayonnaise and all the good stuff. You know this this one tastes like uh, for one the potatoes were kind of sliced, so there was some mash to it, but mainly you had slight you had a lot of texture. And, and then it had the, bacon, um, chives, sour yeah. cream, all the stuff that goes on baked potato. We got to try to duplicate that. It was so good. I want to, yeah. And then we served a, just a regular. Because it's not his recipe, so he won't share it. Is that Yeah, that's yeah. what he said. He's yeah. sworn to secrecy on I'm that. Because it comes I from a restaurant or something. Yeah. yeah. We, we got friends, that. Yeah. We got that. <laughs> We'd be looking for that recipe. Loaded baked potato salad. We're it might call be coming. It not meat churches. Not, yeah, <laughs> not meat churches. <laughs> and we did coleslaw, and we did a tradi- you know, yeah, kind of a traditional did, southern coleslaw. Had, when you did, um, it was just your coleslaw basic recipe. It's on the website, Keller Hall's coleslaw. When we served it, we served it in one boat with the coleslaw on one side and the pulled pork on the other side with right. some sauce. Because in Memphis, um, you know, you get a Pulled pork, pulled sandwich. pork sandwich. They put slaw on top unless, unless you ask you for it. You got to tell them yeah. not to because yeah, it's coming on it. Yeah, and go to me. Pulled pork and slaw are hand in hand. Yeah, and it's usually a sweet slaw. You know, creamy sweet. And that's exactly not a lot of ingredients. Yeah. I mean, it's not tough to make at all. Yeah, and um, and when we're traveling with that, we don't mix all that and take it with us. That's one. That's that's a good kind of a good tip. If you're making slaw for an event, or you, you know you're not serving it right then. You don't want to combine all that because the wet ingredients are going to really pull out the water, yes. the moisture out of your cabbage. And so it makes it soupy. It makes it mushy. So you mixed it that morning when we got there. What I did was I took all my dry ingredients, my cabbage, my, that whole thing, you know, for that dressing. And then we did a broccoli salad too. And I did all my dry ingredients and vacuum sealed yeah, it and separately. Vacuum sealed it super tight, you know, so no air can get in it. They can stay fresh in the refrigerator for two days, you know. Right, right. And then I mixed my dry seasonings, or I'm sorry, I had mixed all my wet seasonings and made my dressing essentially. So it know, was like a coleslaw dressing. Yeah, I made a coleslaw dressing mm-hmm. and a broccoli salad dressing and I vacuum sealed those too. Kept them in little bags, and it's so easy when you've got them sealed tight with a good vacuum sealer. You can throw them in a cooler, throw them in the fridge, keep them cold. Don't have to worry about spilling. Don't have to worry about anything. The morning you want to serve it, dump it in a big, extra large Ziploc bag, shake it up. And just give it a couple hours in the fridge, it's ready to go. That's it. That's the way it's best. It's the freshest, and you would, you know. And you can travel with it. Oh, yeah, It's good for catering and serving and, you know. And you can make that ahead of time, so it speeds up all the prep by having it separated, and all it does is add this to this. And you, so what you would do, you'd open up the zip, the the vacuum seal bag, dump it in one of the big two and a half gallon bags, and then add the wet ingredients and kind of toss it around. You're not messing up utensils, 
it's all mixed in that bag. And then when you get ready to portion it, you can just tong it in the, into the little boat yep. so it's ready to go. Yep. That's exactly what I did. Yeah. Same thing with the broccoli salad Same too. Same thing with the broccoli salad. Yeah. So these were, these were, uh, all recipes that, that we've used in classes too before. Um, what we, we also did something cool. We, we took a handout with us that we had made up. So, you know, it had the full blown recipe. Everybody got the full recipe to the meat, to the sides. Matt had, he went above and beyond us because I think Traeger helped him put his together in it. So it was like a spiral bound book of all the ingredients to the recipes that he did. That was super cool. Yeah. We got to get some of those. Yeah. Step our game up. <laughs> <laughs> Ours look good, but it's not bound. So yeah, we got to figure out how to do that. We just sent it. Well, we actually like had a, them all printed. It was a heavy cardstock sheet. You mm. know, it was a good sheet and it was three hole punch. So you go in a binder. Yeah. You could build your own. And that's what I plan on doing. Like that's what I plan on doing with that. Kind of building almost like a, a cookbook of the classes stuff that I do. And I think that'd be pretty cool. And that way you can, like, when you go decide to do a class, you can say, well, I'm going to do pork, you know, shoulder and brisket or whatever. And you just already have those ready Ready to to go. go. Yeah. That was cool. We, we had all those printed at office depot here in South Mm -hmm. Haven. And then we ran off. That wasn't, didn't make our list of getting out of town. And so when did I realize that when we got the the next day? Yeah. It's like, We've got, no, it was that night, and I it? sent it to the Waxahachie, Waxahachie? Yeah. Waxahachie Office Waxahachie. Depot, Waxahachie Office Depot, I and we it picked up. it up yeah, the next day, work. Friday. Yeah. That was a handy thing about having it on a PDF file. Yeah. <laughs> but we, so our class lasted, what, from nine to two each day? Uh, by the time we covered everything, man, it's, it's a full blown day. And then at the end of it, we, um, we went over to Matt's store and invited oh, everybody over. Matt did. Jalapeno cheddar grits. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about the rest of the sides. That was the only other side. Yeah. Yeah. He served that with his beef short ribs. Beef short ribs. Yeah. And it was very, very, very good. good. He's got, if you don't follow him, check him out on Instagram because he's yeah. putting up pictures of every. We did some, but we were busy. Yeah. And he actually had a photographer story. come in. Yeah. And like that was his job to record. He captured some audio. Uh, he took a ton of pictures. So, man, I got a bunch of cool stuff on it. It's hard to do all that. But I thought both classes went really well. Oh, yeah. Sunday class was even better because had all the Miller Lite we wanted to drink. <laughs> yeah. We um, it went. You know, we'd already worked out our kinks the day before, I guess. But yeah. well, you never know when you're working with somebody new that you hadn't worked with how it's going to flow. But mm-hmm. he's he a super a professional. Yeah, yeah, he had some great guys. Good food uh, helping. Yeah, his brother, um, um, was it Craig? Was the other guy that come and helped, and then um, Jason, Jason, Chef Jason, and then Drew, Drew, yeah, yeah. That, and then his, uh, his son, son came Chris. on Sunday, Christian, yeah, and his girlfriend. So man, we had a bunch of people there helping, and then Michael came and helped us. Kind of, <laughs> he sat out of the way. Yeah, he put out the little, he did all the handouts and the chairs and put the towels. Oh, I thought that was cool. So everybody, you know, you always give out some freebies when you do a class. And Matt does hand towels, which is pretty much your napkin or your rag for the day. It's yeah. like a shop rag that he had, you know, Meat Church printed on. I thought that was so cool. Yeah. And everybody got that. You don't have to pass out napkins or deal with all that. Everybody gets their own. And it's own. a souvenir. Yeah, and it's a souvenir. I thought it was really cool. Um, little touches like that I really like. Yeah. And, you know, we always try to learn something when we go to class, even if we're teaching it. I, I still learn. So um, that one was a lot of fun. I look forward to going back over there and doing something else with Matt. 
Definitely. Who knows? That might be something in the near future. Um, while we were there, we did shoot a video with Matt. Um, we did. I'm still working on putting it together. It's going to be a smokeified fried wing. Smoke fried. What do you call them? I call them T-Birds. T-Birds. Meat church wings. Yeah. But um, his wife, um, I guess it's she, you know, it's like everybody else. You get tired of eating smoke stuff all the time. And so he said when he does chicken wings, she's not going to eat them unless they're crispy on the outside. I didn't tell him about the vortex. I'm sure he knows. But so what he does, he throws them on his uh, his uh, offset, smokes them until they're pretty much done, and then flash fries them in peanut oil just for a couple minutes to set the outside and then dust them with a little seasoning. They are simple, but, man, they were good. Yeah. Okay. So hopefully that video will turn out. We had an audio issue on it because I'm working on it. We, we forgot one of our mic setups, and so we had to improvise. And so we're going to see um, if that works. That's um, that's what I'm working on. That's on my that's, list. that's on your list, <laughs> your stress list. Yeah, <laughs> and then, um, but yeah, I saw. But hopefully that'll come out next week. Well, what was your favorite thing about the class? Um. I mean, I just, I enjoyed getting to see how they do a class, you know. There was a lot of things that I learned um, as far as, you know, the putting on of the class. I like how they do the boats. Um, I like how you get there and they hit you immediately with something that's not on the menu, something you weren't necessarily expecting. So you get there, you get a taco, you know, that's your breakfast. Um, I like how you are just Basically, you're constantly getting a little boat of something delicious to yeah. eat. <laughs> People, and, by the end of it, they were so stuffed. Yeah. Everybody told me they can't eat anymore. I mean, and that's what we wanted. <laughs> yeah. When, you know, we had several phone calls and trying to, you know, line up what we were going to do and all this. And the one thing we both are all agreed on was that if you, you know, you spend your money and you travel and you get a hotel and all that, you come to a class that we're going to be a part of, <clears throat> we want you to get your money's worth. Yeah. So... That means, yeah, you're going to get some good instructions. Yeah, you're going to get to meet us and hang out. It's not like super formal. I mean, we were in his backyard, but you're also going to eat some amazing food, stuff that, you know, you may not get to ever try before. And so I think on that part of it, that was what I thought was so cool about it was just the sheer everything you got to try. I mean, I've been to classes where, you know, you, you're lucky to get a little bite or something. And it's yeah, the quality, the hardest thing about doing something, especially when you get up to 40 people and to, to have every single bite that comes out of there be, you know, the same and the good and be high quality. It's hard to do. It stresses me out to do a class and feed 40 people. I can't imagine doing a restaurant every day. You oh, know? man. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'd be I can't so worried it. somebody would not get yeah, something up to up my quality. standards. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, that was the only barbecue we ate while we were there. What we what we sampled because we we didn't go to Texas to eat barbecue. We were too busy. Yeah, yeah. We uh, let's see. We, um, we went to Fort Worth and we wanted to show Michael where we go to the state championships. I think we might have a problem because we we showed up in Fort Worth <laughs> and we went and you know did walk down and did some of the touristy stuff and went to two different restaurants. You know, we go went to one place and ordered a drink, an and appetizer, an appetizer. You know, and let him hang out at this old timey looking saloon bar, and then we, we went got to him a to eat restaurant. calf fries. Yeah, he yeah. Loved them. <laughs> he did. He thought they were okay. They were good. Yeah. Um. You know, but he was just like, and I was like, isn't this cool, Michael? Every time we do something, he's like, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. And then right before we went back to the hotel, Malcolm said, let's swing by Billy Bob's. Which it's is, Sunday night. Yeah, it's Sunday night. There's 
nothing going on in there, you know. Old it people, wasn't even old night. people line dance lessons. Yeah, it was old. And kids and families. I guess you call it family night. I don't it's know. Sunday's There's family a lot night of kids really in there. Because yeah. they didn't have arcades and pool yeah. tables. and. But it's like the world's largest honky tonk. Yeah. But we went in there and Michael's like, this place is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to dance. He was dancing, yeah. We played video games and took they switched. They had pictures on the board. after they did their old people line dance lessons. I guess I say old people. I don't know. I'm old, so <laughs> they weren't too much older than us. <laughs> but but they good. had a house band that played, and man, they were playing every good classic country mm-hmm. song. When they when they kicked off Waylon Jennings right off the bat, I was like, yes, this this is it. And Michael, you know, he hung around us enough to listen to know the words of a lot of those songs. Yeah. So the the George Strait, the Waylon Jennings, Merle Haggard, all that stuff. He's singing and dancing, and he's man, having a big time. We put him on the bull. He took a Duker's pose on the bull, <laughs> a solo on the bull. We did a family picture. She said that's going to be our family picture for the year. We may have to put that. You got to put that on. Social media, yeah, I will. <laughs> it's funny. It, it really great. is. It was great, and uh, maybe we had a big time. That was fun. Yeah, and then um, we went to Ripley's. Believe it or not, and yeah, that was, that was you know, it's okay. that's one of those. It's, it's one of those highway, yeah, uh, tourist traps. I, I I'm gonna go ahead and to say, go it. as a kid, my parents never would. Take my me. parents took us, and it was actually in Texas, but it was in San Antonio. There's one across the street from the Alamo, so I think I was. I was maybe 11, Waylon was 10. This has been a long time ago, mid-80s. And we, we did a Texas vacation one year, and it was – God, it was a week of just – I remember being – and my mom and dad had one of these big cargo – or not cargo vans, but conversion vans. And we sat in that van and just toured Texas. But um, they like to go, spend the night at one place, and then leave and go somewhere else. So you spend that. most of the time like, I'm driving through miles and miles of barren Texas. <laughs> But we ended up going to San Antonio, and we got to go to SeaWorld, we got to go to Alamo, and we got to go to Ripley's, believe it or not. And I still remember that, and that's been 30 years ago. So, <clears throat> you know, no, maybe not quite 30. That's, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm not that old. But it's been 20 years easy. No, the, that math adds up. Does it add up? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time. If you were 10, 30 time. years ago, yeah. Yeah, that's probably right. Dang. <laughs> yeah. Dang. <laughs> Dang. But anyway, we went to Ripley's, believe it or not. And they still had a lot of the same stuff in I this know, one. Yeah. I guess it's, you know, it's probably recreated stuff. But we got to go to the Oddities and yeah. the Wax Museum and the 7D Adventure Shooting Ride. That was pretty fun. He loved it. It's a Man, for yeah. kids, that's a good place to take on. If it you was. think you're going to go and learn something or, I mean, they try to get a dollar out of you every, every corner. But it was fun. And then we drove back. And now we're back here working. <laughs> Talking to you guys. Um, I had something that I thought of, and now I forgot. Um, you know, oh, this is what I was going to say. When we showed up, I didn't even think about it. It was just going to be when you and Matt were talking about the class, you were going to do a Texas meets Memphis. He was going to do some Texas recipes. You were going to do your Memphis recipes. And then that Saturday morning, you know, it's like I realized that Matt is cooking brisket, and he has a delicious brisket. He's yeah. cooking beef ribs. His beef ribs are awesome. I'm like, we are set up to fail on this Because <laughs> all we're doing is a little Memphis pork and yeah, dry we're doing, ribs. we're doing pulled pork and dry ribs. And um, I was like, crap, you know. <laughs> I didn't so, even think about it. But they love the pulled pork. Oh, yeah. Well, and they know, love the dry ribs. And that's what the guys were, were asking good. to take with them. I guess. Well, I know it's yeah. good, but it's still to me. To me, it's like pork versus beef. Yeah. You know, pulled pork. Yeah. Pulled pork versus If you're not used to ribs. eating 
Now, I did cook. I mean, it's Memphis-style pulled pork, but it was more contest Memphis and May. It was I, delicious. I injected it. I, you know, used all the different seasonings. I, you know, wrapped it with some vinegar sauce to really break it down, and then I glazed it with another, you know, combination of sauces. So when they presented it, it was, it was, it looked pretty awesome. Yeah. And then you pulled it apart and it was really good. So that, you know, it's not just like you threw some season on butt and cooked it. It was, it was good. It It was was excellent, but it's still pulled pork versus beef ribs. But they eat beef ribs and brisket over there so much. I think that they were more excited about the pork. You know, that surprised me that we had so many people come from out of state. I mean, there's a few, there's a few people from Texas that were there, but the majority of the classes was folks that traveled in. We had people show up from all over. Talk to people from California, from Italy, uh, Italy, yeah, Italy, Canada, Canada, Florida. I mean, Seattle. And we had people come. Um, there was people from New York. So I mean, you know, this was coming from all corners to, yeah. to come down to Texas. So they had, you know, I guess they had an idea of what they were going to get. They got a good representation of two of regional brands or yes. styles yes. because that, you know, our, everything we do is uniquely different. I mean, Matt's Texas brisket is textbook. He doesn't cook a hot and fast brisket. He cooks one. The trim on it was, you know, it's not super aggressive. He he, he makes it kind of aerodynamic like you hear Aaron Franklin talk about. Hey, we're going to talk about that after a while. I, I want yeah. to get the master class. But, fact, let's but start I was just swapping want, to that. You know, swap to that? Well, you know, well, go so, ahead and finish your point. Well, so his style is unique. It's a Texas style. Yeah. The, and he does the it on the seasonings are simple, but he smokes it for a long time, a lot longer, a lot longer than I do. You know, even when I do briskets on the jambo, five, six hours, they've got the bark I want. I go ahead and wrap them. Well, these guys keep rocking it and they're cooking. They're, they're going, you know, eight, 10 hours just on setting the bark and then they're wrapping in butcher paper. And that goes another couple hours till it gets right. And they're not, Matt's not huge on internal temperature. They're in, they're going by feel. You know, they're picking that brisket up, moving it around, seeing what it feels like. That's when they know it's done. They don't really care what it looks like. All of them look, I mean, everyone, everyone I saw looked great. They're kind of that meteorite, hard Texas bark. I mean, it was, it's fantastic. But when you ate it, it just melted in your mouth. Mm-hmm. And it was like, man, you taste that post oak. He drove, he drove post oak into everything. Yeah. I mean, that was the, that was the wood they used there. And it was, I mean, it was good. So I, when I told him I had to have hickory, that was what I was rolling on all the pork. And so it was two different, you know, flavor profiles for as far as the smoke went. And I cooked all my stuff on old, he had old hickory CTO there, which is what we use in comp. So of course I did the shoulders on that and I did the ribs as well. And they were really good. The ribs turned out excellent. Yeah. They were very, very good. They weren't a lot different than, than what we do. I mean, I did them dry style, just finished them dry. You know, you put some smoke on them, get the rub set, and then kind of protect them, tenderize them a little bit, baste them the whole time. With the, uh, I gave out a vinaigrette, kind of barbecue vinaigrette recipe that that we put that we mop on them after this, the bark starts setting to keep them from getting too dry, and then we just finished them with dry rub, and that was it. Yeah, no so, glaze. To me, that's simple, but to everybody, you know, to a lot of people, a lot of them have never had a dry never rub. Had it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant the style dry rub. And they turned out so. Um, and this wasn't about building boxes. This was about eating food. Yeah. That was the one thing that it's I was stressing. Yeah, that, that you know, that what we were serving was food that you were meant to be able to to make a meal on. Like you could eat a slab of those ribs. You could eat a big jumbo pork sandwich of that pulled pork. Mm-hmm. And you know the brisket. 
wow, you wanted fatty and, and lean, and then you wanted to burn in. He did burn ins too. And to do enough burn ins, I learned something there. He's sourcing point meat, which is just a box of points. And I, I've never seen that. I've never seen it for sale around here. Um, he got, I think the ones he bought were actually CMA, Chicago Meat Authority. I think I saw the box, which, um, and they made fantastic burn ins. So if you ever just want to cook burn ins, ask your butcher or find if you've got a food service. Heck, we need to ask Restaurant Depot if they can get burn ins or points by the case. Yeah. Because man, that's a fantastic way. You don't waste so much brisket. And I'm, who doesn't love burn ins? The point's the best part. And he just cleaned them up and seasoned them and rolled them on the on the offset on his El Rey. Yeah, he makes them a little sweet and spicy too. Yeah, he put a. Uh, he has a sauce. And it he was puts a it was honey. meat Mitch's. Uh, it was and, and honey that was all he put on them. Yeah. Was it the Womp sauce or his regular? I can't remember. He's got two sauces. One of them's kind of sweet. One of them's a little spicy. But that was the more. It, so he was doing that. Was the one thing that he taught that wasn't true to Texas was the burn-in, but he wanted everybody to experience it. So he did them Kansas City style. And to me, when I think of burn-ins, I think of Kansas City. I think they're smoky, yeah. but they're they're it's more saucy. You know, that's what cooks them down, and that's what makes them those, you know, little nuggets of goodness. Yeah. Brisket nuggets. I'm gonna start I'm gonna start calling them burn-in since everybody has a hard time with it. The brisket nuggets. Brisket nuggets. Yeah. Like beaver nuggets. Like, just like beaver nuggets. <laughs> Sweet and spicy. <laughs> There's Bucky's a new product, beaver nuggets. They may have had those over in your deli. No. What'd you call brisket nuggets? Brisket nuggets. Yeah. Brisket nuggets of love. <clears throat> of love. All right. So um So that takes us to the master class. Everybody's talking about it. Yeah, it's hot. It's hot right now. So Aaron Frank Drew told me about it at the barbecue. He was like, man. Well, we had seen it before. Yeah, well, but he said he'd watched it. So they have what it is, it's usually a professional so it's this group of professionals that's doing instructional type classes online that you can watch at your own leisure. It's kind of like the best of the best. Like um, Gordon Ramsay does one on cooking. Yeah. Um, Ron Howard has one on filmmaking. Yes. Um, the biggest, uh, Steve Martin has one on comedy writing. Yeah. So, so this is Andy, what's the photographer, Andy Lewitz? Yeah, so, yeah something like that. She's got She's one on photography. photography. I mean, it's all kinds of different things like that. It's it's the biggest names within that industry giving a class, and it's beautifully shot. Um, it's multiple lessons, and they're so, called master classes, yeah, and they're yeah. usually 100 bucks. Yeah, but but they have an all-access pass. This is what I bought. was was 180 bucks, I think. And it lets you watch all of them. And they're adding new ones all the time. Yeah. And I don't know if, I guess that's per year. I don't know. I didn't look at that. I just paid it. It said 180 bucks. There's three of them I want to, I want to watch Tom Morello do his guitar. Yeah. He's got one and then Carlos Santana does one on how to play guitar. So that was, that would have me. I was going to pay just to watch that. There's also um, some business ones that I wanted to watch yeah. and, and the photography one and stuff like that. So, they, so. but they recently added there, and frankly, it's fairly yeah. new, right? Within the past two weeks, I think. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's been pretty soon. So we got it, and I watched. So Aaron Franklin is known for Franklin Barbecue, Texas brisket, and he's known for his Texas brisket. He, uh, I first learned he's, about him when he was on Barbecue Pitmasters. I hadn't heard yeah, of him until yeah. then. He was, was like, a judge on Pitmasters. It was the first year that they went to like a three. When they actually panel. cooked? No, it was before that. He was what did he did? He did uh, one of the ones where they went around and cooked, right? Uh, you sure? Yeah. There was one season where they kind of followed him around like a reality show style. Yeah. And then the second season, they started 
doing a judging competition. Okay. And Myron and Tuffy and and, and Aaron, Aaron was on the board. Franklin. Yeah. Yeah. So his judges. his restaurant is in Austin, Texas. Season. Yeah. And he only does lunch, and he sells out every single day. And people get there, you know, four or five a.m. and camp out to get in line to get some of his beef, his ribs. Yeah. He does turkey. He's a James. Does he Beard do award. butt? Does he do pulled pork? I don't know. I don't know. We've never been on the master class. He does. He yeah. teaches you how to cook it. So. Um. But yeah, and so I've never we, been to his restaurant. I've you know I've met him several times, kind of know him a little bit, but I never had any of his food. Yeah. I've had I've had I've, the lines too long. The guys that work from him that that have branched out and to uh, open their own restaurants. I've had a lot of you know I've been yeah. to some of their places and they're awesome too. Yeah, Little Miss Barbecue's an offshoot of his, isn't it? Uh, I don't you think don't so. Know. But what about um? Now John Lewis is. That's what John yeah, Lewis yeah, I think is. he worked with him. Yeah. Um, the La Barbecue that, that La was Barbecue, there in Austin yeah. was all, one of those pitmasters worked there. But it's, I mean, it, that, it's the whole Texas style. This, that's the way they're doing barbecue. And he's got now. several cookbooks out and he's just very, very well known as a barbecue yeah. guy, you know. I've got a couple of his books. The latest yeah. one, I, I don't think I have the steak one yet. Not is that, yet. is that going to be Father's Day? <laughs> Did I guess it? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard but, to hide it. But he's a manifesto and that's the one I like. And I guess that was his first one that I know of. Yeah, that's the and, cookbook one. Yeah, and it's it's not so much as a cookbook as it is a manifesto. It's his writings on how to cook these things. And it's, it's, I like the layout of it. It's cool. But so he does the master class. They asked him to do so one. So how long was it? How was twelve was lessons? Of- I think, but there's like a little bonus lesson too about you know just but about the him or something. That long. No, the longest one's like thirty. Four minutes or something like that. Yeah. So these are quick. Some of them are eight minutes long. We went through it this week. Yeah, two days. I watched them yeah, all. Yeah, in two days. And he starts out, you know, um, just introductory into what he's doing. Um, you know, the kind of smoke you want. How you know how to burn a fire in your pit. Wood selection. Um, how that to, was my favorite. How to cook pork butt. How to cook brisket. Uh, there's three of them. Three or four of them are just on brisket. As far from the trim. To the first stage, to the wrap stage, to how you properly slice a brisket. That's so that whole thing was probably an hour's worth of footage, and it was awesome. Yeah. Um. He did a he did a steak one, and like it had a broccoli rob with it that he did. That little class there was kind of a little janky. I was uh, not you know, impressed with the way. Yeah. But he me, cooked a he cooked a steak called Bavette, and I've heard of it. It's like a lesser cut. It's kind of in the Chuck area. You know, it's it's probably one of those butcher steaks where they they kind of keep that meat for themselves. Just is good. It's good meat, but you know, I don't know. He cooked it on. He cooked I wasn't it impressed with the way he cooked the broccoli rob. Yeah, he cooked it over a chimney uh, over, over extremely a, high heat. And I, I understand the concept was he was trying to do a hot zone and a cool zone to keep the you know the florets part from getting too burnt. But it was almost like I was. There's no way that broccoli rob got. The the stalk got tender on the outside before it blistered on the outside. It was not a good. It was crisp. Uh, He said he wanted it kind of crunchy, crispy. I guarantee it was. (laughs) (laughs) But that that one was okay. You can skip that one. But the pork one was good. The ribs one, I wanted to eat those ribs. I mean, he he cooked like Texas style spare ribs. ribs You know, they weren't St. Louis cut. He just he he (laughs) cut a little bit of that. Uh, the breastbone, you know, kind of off of it and kind of rounded he the rack out. He used a chef's knife, knife to trim that. That's the craziest yeah, thing yeah, I've ever yeah. seen. Um, and then he, but he did use a cool knife when he was trimming brisket. Yeah, I was curve. like, why aren't you using like that knife for yeah, trimming the other stuff? Yeah. 
But yeah, um, it wasn't boring. Uh, no, not at all. Was- he was interesting and knowledgeable, and you know, I got some good information. the The thing that I enjoyed the most was the wood selection because when he broke down, you know, the inf- the density of the wood and how it's going to burn and the weight of it, and that all made sense to me. I was like, I've never thought of it that way before, but it makes sense. The, the yeah. way he's running the fires in those pits. So his pits are basic. I mean, it's a it's, it's a, a good size smoke chamber, yeah. which is just you know a piece of pipe, and with a good size firebox on it, and it's, he wants a maximum air draw through it. There's, There's no, no dampers. dampers, no dampers. He just runs. There's it. no vents on the door. He, he controls his temperature by the wood that's going on and by the coals, by the way he has air flowing. So he kind of shows you how he runs those fires, and I thought that was cool. Like you said, he you know he showed you the size of wood and judging that wood by the density of it. He uses dry wood; it's not like kiln drying. He's using you know seasoned out wood. That, he said it, he uses post oak. That's what they use in Texas. Yeah. He likes it to be at least a year old. Two years is okay. But I'd like to know him, like, had a moisture meter on his and see what the moisture content was. Yeah. But um, he pretty much says he can tell you by picking it up and, and feeling it. it. Yeah. And, if it's heavier, if it's yeah. lighter, if it's done, gave up, if it's dried out. And um, how he talked about, you know, the drier it is, it's already decomposed. You yeah. Know? It's already broke down. So it's not going to give you as so much. So it's not going to give you as much. Things that the, the, his information on the wood and the fire, I thought was pretty good. I didn't think about things that, that way before. Yeah. But yeah. I tell you what, his style is babysitting. You have to stay with that fire. There's no leaving it because when you're using your wood like that and you're moving the coals around to let the air flow, you've got, I mean, the slightest thing can move at five or 10 degrees. So you've got to be there and watch him. When you get, and, and he talks about that. He's got a, a piece of wood stays that he knows he wants to put back on to, to when that one piece starts diving off, he's got another one coming up and replacing. I thought that was good info. Yeah. Um, the way he set up the fire in his in his offset was cool too. He picks out two good sized sticks and those kind of go on the sides, and then he kind of log cabins the next ones, and he gets those burning just with some butcher paper that he puts some oil on, and then as it as the the wood above it burns, it falls down and it makes this this coal bed, and he uses like a little he, a lot of times he just uses a piece of wood or a, a shovel or something to move the to manipulate those coals to make that fire draw. If it, if it's if it's getting ahead of him, he'll mash it down into the coals and slow it down. If he needs if he needs some more heat, he'll take his shovel and kind of trench out a little bit of those hot coals to where air can blow back through there. But he keeps the ones on the side kind of going. He keeps sticks there to create that that shelf space to, yeah. for the wood to burn. And the way it draws through, that was that was pretty slick. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that- he had ultimate control of it. Uh, also, and even little things like he talked about if it if it's cold outside, move some coals to the front to preheat the air before it gets to yeah. your fire, little where it's not like working that, so was, hard, it makes the fire not working so hard. Yeah, you know, one thing I found interesting was he always cook, he wants to cook in the ideal condition with his firebox door wide open. There's no vents on his stuff, so he That's wants the airflow. And he said he only shuts the door. If it's raining, if it's windy, if it's cold, that's the times where he starts limiting to where the door is. Hey, be quiet, dog. We're trying to do a podcast here. She has a motorcycle or something out there. But many, it ain't time. <laughs> Maybe she's telling us to wrap it up. But anyway, uh, he, I, I thought that was cool, the way he did that. And also, his thermometer placement on his pits, he wants them at the very end where the stack is, where it's drawing out. That's the hottest spot on these grills. He doesn't care what it is in the door. 
How is it the hottest spot in that grill? Because that's where the air is blow. That's where it's all get pulled to. Okay. It's just like in our pits and the vertical ones, how it's the hottest up top where it's, you know, where it's leaving. That's, and that's how it works. Does it get like congested there as it's leaving? Is that I guess the so. deal? I don't know. That's the where it is in the jambo, though. It's so hot there. down there. Um, right on the microwave the shelf, the, you know, the shelf yeah, that slides yeah. in up top. That's, that's the hottest it. part in that yeah. pit. That's just where the air converges, where all that heat converges to get out. It's being pulled. It's creating that vacuum. And, uh, that was. He seemed not to really care about the t- pit temp as much as he did yeah. the draw, you know, it was, how the, it's it was the draw and the, and the fire. That was yeah. his main thing when he's cooking by. He's not worried. He doesn't worry about internal temperatures. I mean, he goes, he goes pretty much by time. He lays, he lays out, and I thought that was cool. He lays out a little bullet point outline of how he wants it to go. Good information for somebody to just start now. Yeah. You that's know, probably how to, I mean, how to lay out a cook. If, you, if you're trying to learn how to cook a brisket, you need to do that and make yeah. notes and see how they go from time. Because the chances of you nailing brisket the first time you decide to buy one and cook it are slim to none. I mean, yeah, you probably get something edible, but is it going to be perfect brisket? I mean, I highly doubt it. But. Well, so he has no vents, no dampers. Do you think that does anything for the flavor of the meat, or do you think that just? I think he's just moving a lot. I think he's moving good air and moving, and that's what's cooking it. Yeah, that's what that's what smoking price is. Not overcrowding so, that pit. You notice he never over. He only had one piece of meat in there. On he was cooking on small ones most of the time. On all the instructional videos, but he wasn't. But it's moving such good airflow that you know the heat and it's cooking. It's making that bark. Um, what he did do was spritz with apple cider vinegar um, pretty regularly. And on that's the brisket? what he is that what he everything he spritz. He says he's not going to have multiple bottles in his restaurants. These were all. I'm, I'm pretty sure these are all rest, the recipes he used in his restaurants. Yeah, I think so too. It's, they're not outside the box. I mean, he used three ingredients on everything, four if you count mustard, which I didn't never seen anybody slather mustard on a brisket. And he did, and I, so I'm guessing they're using that as a binder. But it was always kosher salt. 16 mesh black pepper. He might change up the ratios a little bit, whether he's cooking pork or brisket. Or add pepper. And then he added pepper. And that's all he did. He would add paprika to the pork. And so that's the only things he used with, with the mustard as a binder on everything and apple cider vinegar. And there wasn't, you know, there was no, now he did, when he did the ribs, he didn't have the little barbecue sauce that he was basting with as he was Mm -hmm. cooking. He'd, He'd spritz. And based and then turn them and stuff. Tomato juice and vinegar or something like it was a very, very simple almost a kind of lost me a little bit on that, but I still wanted to eat them. They look good. Yeah. He he wrapped uh the pork butt in foil and then he wrapped the ribs and the brisket in butcher paper. But man, he cooked the brisket. He was a twelve hour brisket. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't if I had to guess the size of that brisket, it was probably it'd be done good to do ten, eleven pounds. It was a small brisket. And he cooked it 12 hours and it was, the temperature started out at like 255 and he finished it up around 280, I think. So, so it was pretty hot to cook yeah. that long. That's a lot it's longer a long. than I, than I thought of it would take to cook a brisket. Do you think so. it's because they don't wrap it till the end? Yeah. It's because they're letting that bark. And, but the final result, you can see the bark on it. It had that Texas meteorite bark. It looked good. And that's something that's, you know, that's a challenge to get that bark to form like that without drying the edges out and it crumbling. And if you notice when he sliced that, it didn't crumble out. Because he took the time and he had those, he kept protecting his edges and the, wrapped it at the right time. And it was just, I mean, it's textbook 
Texas brisket. I agree. It was Texas. It made yeah. you want to eat it. He threw away some pieces. And I was like, don't throw them out. I want to eat that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he, and I and he said he couldn't sell yeah. it. I can't sell this. It goes know? back to that quality. I don't want to give anybody a potential for a bad piece of yeah. meat. So I want it all to be quality. Um, one thing that was killing me. But he me, chopped the pork butt just <laughs> a bit of it. Yeah, yeah. I know. I was thinking there's a little so much... bit more to pick out of that, probably. <laughs> Maybe because I do, we've done so, I've done yeah, so many yeah. port butts. I know exactly what, right. where to pull that. Um, anyway, uh, he uses towels instead of insulated. His hands and towels, man. He can't like have failing on his fingers anymore. And I've seen him do that yeah. in other oh, videos. Yeah, I have too. He talks about that. He's, yeah. He don't have fingertips. <laughs> He's bad. He just throws a towel around the brisket and yeah. grabs yeah. it. Because he said he doesn't like, and I, I understand, he doesn't like using those big gloves, you know? Yeah, because he can't feel it. It's yeah. all about, he's cooking by feel. He's yeah. got to put his hands on it. Yeah. Do you put feel like does? <laughs> do you feel like those white insulated cotton gloves like you use allow you to still feel? I don't, I don't go by the way it feels. I go by the way it feels when I'm probing yeah. it. So You're not I, going I, by we've got different feel. styles and that's fine. Yeah. There's more than. You know, there's way more than two ways to do barbecue. Well, I like that's, but, seeing what yeah. other people do. And, you know, hey, I might, tomorrow I'm cooking brisket. <laughs> you might catch me if we're picking up <laughs> fingernails. <laughs> I like seeing what people do. I like seeing the philosophy behind why they do it. You know, I want to see how they do it, how it's different. You know? That was what was so interesting, too, about yeah. the master classes. And there's that, some stuff that I'm like, come on now, that just don't even make no good sense, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guarantee you, you could you could watch that and get a pretty good jump on how to cook a brisket. Yeah, I mean, you're still gonna have to. It was a lot of good information. Learn your pit, but. It, especially if you have a stick burner, yeah, that would yeah, be very like very that, good yeah. and offset. Yeah, he did. You know, another thing interesting, he kept a water pan in there. Yeah, and I guess some I guys do, notes. some guys don't. I, you know, I don't think it, I don't think it's making that much difference. If anything, it's probably lowering his temperatures down a little bit in there. More than, you know, it's kind of buffering it a little bit. If it's adding more moisture, I highly doubt that. I mean, Especially it's, that there's already so much it's a small pain moving that air and the heat like that in his pit. It's going to be creating moisture on its own. The way, just the way it's heating up and cooling. So it's, he didn't use it for his briskets. He had it. He put, he, hot, he put hot water in that pan every single time. Yeah. Cause I had, I was doing other stuff, you know, so I was coming and going. I didn't yeah. get to see every detail. Um, I did like how he talked about taking notes and kind of collecting your data. Um, and see what went wrong. Whether yeah. it's you drank too many beers or <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah. Well, <laughs> say so you point, have a reference point, you yeah. can go back and remember what you did. At that point, did. when I really screwed up, I was about 12 deep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have took that shot of fireball. <laughs> but you kind of had that uh, same philosophy with uh, competition barbecues, like taking yeah. pictures and making notes. Making notes. Man, yeah. you got to do that, especially yeah. when you're starting out before you get – before you get it down, you don't have to. But Eventually, it'll come natural. Yeah, yeah. I bet he don't do that now. I yeah. Mean, but starting now, you can tell he's a student of. He learned. He was. He's pretty much self-taught. He talks mm-hmm. about that in there too. I mean, he, he his uh his grandparents had a barbecue restaurant, kind of a small one back in the day. And I think his parents may have ended up having a small place, but or something like that. And then he, you know, he just decided one day he was going to go get a cheap grill at the store. When he was in, I guess, college or wherever, and started to cook brisket and said, "Man, this is what I want to do," and he stuck with it and look what has turned it into yeah. that his his life, you know. Yeah. So I thought that was a pretty cool story. He leaves his membrane on his pork ribs. Yeah, that was, I don't have a problem with that. Man, come on. 
I understand in a restaurant, you got to pay somebody to take those all three. You got to buy more expensive pork that's got it done at the processing <laughs> level. But if you pull the membrane off, that membrane's not doing nothing but being tough. Who wants to eat that? It's a little crunchy. It's not good. Yeah, it's a little crunchy. Chew it and spit it out. <laughs> <laughs> that, you got to take that off. If you're going to take the time to do all that other stuff, you can take the time to take the membrane off yeah. the ribs. I think. That's just me. I still wanted to try them. This comes from Rib Town, though. Yeah. It's not Brisket Town. He used a PK360. Yeah, without the lid. Yeah, without the lid. <laughs> he just threw the lid away. <laughs> <laughs> Open lid style. Uh, I guess that's what that was. It looked like it to me. It had to be, yeah. It had to be. Yeah. It had the two black shelves on the side. Yeah, and it had, had to be. Yeah. So, good for PK. Good for PK. It had to get a shout out, though, I don't think. But they? when you fire up your PK, go ahead and put your coals in there and cook your broccoli. Don't cook <laughs> it. Don't make your chimney and cook your broccoli up there. I don't this know. You do you. You do, do you. you. Yeah. <laughs> you do you. So, what did you learn about trimming brisket that you didn't already know? Mm, <laughs> <laughs> I already know how to trim brisket. I know. What did you learn? That's a about? restaurant. I guess a restaurant trim. I learned how to take off, you know, how he, to round it up. You know, stuff like that. Little he trimmed bits and more pieces. than I expected him to. He did trim more, and he cooked it fat up the whole time. Which I, you know, typically I cook them fat down, just because. My, I mean, if I'm cooking them at home, I'll cook them fat up, quarter inch trim, because I like to get it crispy and eat it. But if I'm cooking a, at a for a contest, I want that little line to be on my bottom of my slices, and it's. Yeah. Bark over the top. So that's the main difference. Uh, he didn't get aggressive in some places where we, where I get a little more aggressive, mm-hmm. and then he did get aggressive in places that we, we you know, typically you don't worry about. Yeah. So, but I was surprised at how much he trimmed his, his trim. His trim job's smooth, though, man. He can take an ugly brisket and turn it into just his work of art. Yeah. And, and he, it has a purpose, too. He's trying to make it more aerodynamic. And that makes so sense. So the to air me. flows over it and it cooks right and the edges don't get crunchy in places. And if there are, and if it is set up to where he knows that part's going to be exposed a little, he takes the time to spritz it and to watch that and to get a little more se- peppery season there. You know, the, he puts the, he puts a little more peppery on the flat where he can take it and then salt to make bark and protect the other areas to, to kind of bark it up, which I thought that's a pretty good tip, too. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff made sense to me, you know? Yeah, yeah. Especially the making it aerodynamic, you know? That makes sense in a stick burner, you know? Yeah, because we got edges and squares and, and, and places to stop it. You're yeah, obstructing the, the flow. The you flow. Want, yeah. yeah. But what about cooking brisket? Did you learn anything about cooking brisket that you Yeah, I mean, I want to take, I, hey, I want to try taking a little bit further, like that, developing that bark, letting it roll, and then. Coming back on the end and, and, you know, wrapping it just for those last few hours. That's something, I mean, everybody, I mean, that's how we cook brisket. We just, I usually don't take it that far. Mm-hmm. We're catching it before the stall or right at the stall and wrapping it and then taking it up to, you know, 204, 202 degrees right in that range. But, yeah. I think you're but, uh, looking for the same doneness. He doesn't use probes. But he, he was about there when he term. checked them, you know, yeah. with, a, with his rest or when he was checking and he was 208. Yeah. 206 to 208. But you're middle. looking for the same feel. feel. Yeah. 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 So I imagine you're taking them to about the same spot. You're just wrapping yours a lot sooner. Yeah. 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 And, you know, um, he talked about uh, one thing that I, I kind of liked was he talked about when he was trimming the brisket, he was also removing, um, you know, 
removing a little bit of everything to give it kind of a fresh surface to season. Yeah. What do you, I mean. Well, that's just taking off that sinew and anything that looks oxidized or not edible or anything like that. Some of the seasons aren't going to penetrate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, That's what I would say. Like that rib membrane. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like, some people like the rib membrane. Some people do, huh? It's a little crunchy. Well, um, all in all. All in all, the master class that Franklin did is awesome. And if you're into barbecue and especially you want to learn how to do Texas-style barbecue and, and learn a little bit about pit management and how to run a fire and the types of wood, or not types of wood, the, the kind of wood he uses over there, it's very well worth the, yeah. the 80 bucks just for that one class. So. I think the tips on the on the wood selection, the fire management – and the brisket are worth it. Heck yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to watching some more of those master classes out yeah. too. So I, um, that's what I'll be doing in my spare time. The thing is, hey, I'm I want you to get the guitar back out. You haven't <laughs> played guitar in a long time. Yeah. Matt's got so, something coming up doing something like master classes. I saw him advertise today. They've got a bunch of different pit masters doing some things like that. It's not with master class. Yeah. The master class things are all shot. Very similar. They have the same look and yeah. feel about them, and they're beautifully shot. Like, oh yeah. Oh man, you can tell the production value. They spent super some money. high. Yeah. And they probably took a while to do all that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Sorry, you know, that was a week. Uh, from I, I know I'm kind of an amateur videographer yeah. or whatever, but they were light getting like the pit lit from the inside some kind of way, and I'm not sure because when they were holding the camera. There, the you know, you could yeah, see lights inside. back in there. They're bouncing up in there some kind yeah, of way. Yeah, they had some light getting inside you that. Uh, you need to make friends. Do they have a lighting <laughs> master class? <laughs> That's what I need. <laughs> How are they lighting the inside of those pits to make it look so good? You know? I don't know. Yeah. Good question. I don't know. No, I think it's some good info there. I mean, I like giving that away for free. But. <laughs> <laughs> what do I know? Hey, um, well, yeah, but if you're interested, it's worth the heck. Yeah, it's worth the time, I, especially worth, if you're yeah. a student of barbecue. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I recommend it. Um, what else we got to talk about today? Mountain lion. You want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. So that, that, I, t- I told everybody about that a week or so ago, didn't I? Yeah, we talked about. We it mentioned podcast. it. Yeah. Somebody well, he sent me the pictures of his mountain lion roast, and I'm gonna tell you, it looked pretty good. It looked like a deer hindquarter <laughs> that he'd smoked, and he did it. What he smoked it, braised it, and broke it down a little bit, didn't no, he? No, he didn't braise it. He only he only smoked it till he said he didn't smoke it. He was worried that he was gonna dry it out. Oh. Yeah. So we only took it like one seventy five, one eighty, something like that. Yeah. And it, now oh, he it wishes, needed to go a little further. Yeah, yeah. He said he wished he would have taken it further. I can see that. Mountain lion. If only someone would have told him how to cook it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I had to defer to it. Somebody cooked mountain lion. I've never done that. <laughs> I could guess, but. I thought you did tell him to take it up to. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's how I'd have done yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. If I was going to cook one, you got to cook the. But it you got to cook good. the mountain out of it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Cook the mountain out of that line. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would have taken a bite of that melt line. You'd have tried it. Yeah. I'd have tried it. The way it, it was I sitting guess. up there. If it's long as it cooked long enough, you know, yeah, some of that yeah. ball game, you got to watch. 
Oh, I think I think it looked fully cooked, you know. Yeah, it, it, 175, 180 <laughs> it was. It was dead or nail. But, um, yeah, so we have an update on the mountain line. Things went. The went okay. Yeah. okay. You can't eat a mountain line. You can't eat a mountain What about line. bobcat? We got those around here now. I can get I you a bobcat. Know. You want a bobcat, I can get you have one. Have you now. ever heard of anybody eating the bobcat? I'll have to ask Pickle. <laughs> if, he'll know if anybody. Or Charles will know. I'll ask Charles. That's my okay. go-to wild game connoisseur. Local wild game. Yeah. Expert. Uh, Danny would he'd call it wampus cat. That's kind of a cross between a mountain lion and a bob, souped-up bobcat. <laughs> It's called a wampus cat. They're specially grown in Chihuahua, Tennessee. They're rare. It's like Bigfoot. It's big. It's like Bigfoot. My dad's seen one. <laughs> a womp, not a Bigfoot. A womp, he might have seen a Bigfoot, too. I don't know. He's seen a wampus cat, though. That'd be awesome if he did. We're going to have to get him a gone squatching. <laughs> gone squatching <laughs> sticker for his truck. Uh, that's your new club. You want to join. If anybody knows how to join the Squatch Club, y'all please send them yeah, for the so show. Yes, if there's any like Squatch watching parties <laughs> You're locally, in. I'm in. Um, Michael, Michael, Michael told me the other day, he said, you know why they never caught one? Because they want to kill them. He said, if they just go out there trying to catch them, they'd probably see one. <laughs> so he t- he's been thinking hard on this Sasquatch. Thing. <laughs> <Michael>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, you don't find... Sasquatch, Sasquatch finds you. I love that. You don't find Sasquatch, Sasquatch finds you. That's hilarious. That's what somebody said on this That is so hilarious. (laughs) And they were serious. They're like, you don't find Sasquatch. (laughs) Sasquatch Sasquatch finds you. you. I hear you. (laughs) Watch Harry and Henderson too many times. I did. (laughs) (laughs) Did She's like, why you got hooked on? Because of Harry and Henderson. I think that's where it started, Yeah. yeah. All right. Well. We're done. Um, what, is, what do we got coming up next week? Um, oh, next camp week. week. <laughs> next week's camp. Next week is camp week. It is. We'll probably release. Hopefully, that video will go well. Yeah, we'll release that. We'll do a podcast. We'll talk about that. And see how it goes. Um, it's the just next away, week. So. We're <laughs> the next week. We're um, doing your July Fourth. Yeah, we're gonna do some July Fourth chicken cooking. Yeah, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna take it back to the old school barbecue chicken on and offset. Might throw Mopping some, it. might throw some old fashioned pit beans, baked beans. I don't know if I'm calling them pit beans or just baked bar- barbecue baked beans is what they are. That's what we always call them yeah. barbecue baked beans. And then I'm going to do a drink too. We're going to do a kicked up lemonade or some kind. That sounds great. I'm excited. Fresh squeezed, homemade, plenty of sugar, syrup in it. I'm, I'm probably going to do a simple syrup and do a jacked up lemonade. That's that's Fourth of July yeah. right there. Yeah, you got barbecue chicken, you got beans, and you got some some lemonade to wash it down. I want a chicken plate. Yeah, that's Don't what you? it reminds me of. A chicken, <laughs> chicken plate. plate. Yeah. All right, that's that's coming up. So uh, and then we it, go on vacation. Then we go on vacation. <laughs> so yeah, but we appreciate y'all checking us out today. Before we leave, Shell, where can they find us? If you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's How to BBQ Right on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and of course YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell on Instagram and Twitter. And we appreciate y'all tuning in today. See y'all next time.